Hi, beautiful people, and welcome to the Mojo Mecca podcast, a hub for the exploration of ritual, poetry, plants, and purpose. We are here for the deepening of our relationship to the earth, for the love of living in a sustainable way, for the creation of a global network of minxes seeking more mojo, for vulnerability, for thriving, and for joy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. Now let's dive into today's conversation. In this conversation, I'm speaking with Brittany and Isabella, two of the three creatresses of the Hemp Temple. We dive into their life's journey, their epic travel adventures, and the way that they synchronistically and mystically led them to the creation of their all hemp clothing label. So naturally we go into the potency of hemp, its many health benefits, and their vision of sustainable fashion through creating long-enduring, timeless pieces. We also chat about their more feminine approach to business and how they navigate it as best friends and business partners. And there's also a time where we speak more generally about masculinity and femininity and the importance of balancing these energies out within ourselves so that we can really stand and walk in an integrated and authentic way in the world. There's lots more too, uh, so dive in, sip some tea, and enjoy. So, um, yeah, my name is Isabella, and I grew, I grew up on the northern beaches in Sydney. Um, I'm the I'm the last child. I've got like three older brothers, and I met Anna and Brittany, my business partners, um, in preschool. So I was about three years old, and Anna became my best friend. And I've kind of just remained her best friend since then. Um, then I went through the schooling process and hated it and came out on the other side thinking that I had to go to university. So I went to university and I studied um, tourism and international studies because I was in love with languages and I was studying Italian and French and Spanish. And I had this dream of going over to Spain and studying and having my life kind of swept up in this like romantic Spanish affair and you know like falling in love and just kind of taking over a whole nother life because I just felt really suffocated where I grew up and felt like I grew up in a community where like um, mental health and bulimia and alcohol and addictions and all of this stuff was such a norm that I didn't even know it was a thing or that like I was in it so yeah I suffered kind of with depression and all of that stuff and felt like this was going to be the escape moment in my career, you know, like I'll be this age and I'll have this degree and I'll be just free and had this expectation that like when I'm here, I'll be free. And when I was over in Spain, it just kind of was like one thing after the other just crumbled down and all of my expectations just failed. And I just was like, kind of got into this shock moment of like, well shit like this isn't it like if this isn't it and I've been waiting my whole life to get here what else is there and the previous year um I'd moved in back with Brittany and Anna we'd kind of like went our separate ways and came back together and started watching Spirit Signs this amazing like little cartoon series of all things about like the chakras and the secret history of the world and all these new ideas that just opened up our minds and just kind of clicked onto this spiral of like obsession with discovering what else could be what else kind of truth could be and just like really feeling that disconnect from society and like seeing how fucked up everyone was and how fucked up I was and yeah it just kind of unsparked unveiled this like train of discovery where things just started happening like I remember being with Brittany and at my house and we just went outside and we were smoking a joint and we looked up and there was this huge UFO and we were like, what? And then it's the night after, like this massive um, amount of phosphorus came and flooded the, the northern beaches. And we were just there swimming naked and like looking up at the stars with this like thunderstorm over on the horizon. And then we discovered this documentary Zeitgeist, which is like a huge wake up call of all things kind of crazy. But it just, and then we met this psychic and all of these things just started happening. And at this moment when I was overseas, I decided not to go back to university and was kind of just like, fuck it. I was in my fourth year and I only had one year to go and I just was, I didn't see the point of it anymore. And so I met up with Brittany and Anna and we went traveling together and 
yeah, a lot of things happened along the way. We met, um, we met like a crazy psychic man who was bound by this, what are those things called? An, an ankle. An ankle. An ankle guard. Oh. What country was this in? We were in, um, where were we? We were in... Eastbourne? No. Holland. Holland. We were in Holland. <laughs> and, yeah, we, um, before we all went travelling together, we went and saw a psychic and she's like, you three witches from the, the you three white witches from the coven. And we were like, oh my God, yes, we are. <laughs> like no, we were 20 and we were just like, oh, like how nice to see, how nice to kind of put yourself in another reality where, you know, anything can happen. And then we started traveling and we were just desert, in this deserted caravan park. And this old man just looked at us and goes, the three white witches from the coven. We were like, no way. <laughs> kind of like yeah had had some insights and stories to share with us and really like cemented um really cemented within us that we were on a journey that had no structure and no there was nothing to follow but yeah just this unknown trail of magic and we were just like let's have no fear let's just see where life takes us like we've got nothing to lose kind of thing Mm. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I feel like that just kind of merged in and I've lost where we were going. <laughs> no, I love it. So, um, yeah, do you want to like weave in um, your other story too? And then we can kind of like flow into, um, yeah, how you all came together to start the business together? Because it sounds like it's like, yeah I don't know there's <laughs> there's so much that sounds like predestined in a way <laughs> yeah, yeah um so yeah I also we all grew up on the northern beaches um in a small town where um yeah the drug scene was really big and we all kind of delved into that that quite young like alcohol and drugs was a part of our lives it was, it was really intense and only coming out of it now in retrospect, we realised like the intensity of the drug scene in our community back home. Yeah, I also suffered with depression and well, what I thought was depression. And at the same time, yeah, Iz and I started just like delving into just other, other truths about life. And I went, to the, I went to the psychologist with the new found wisdom, kind of wanting to test the doctor and just kind of laid it all out there. I was like, you know, this is how I feel. This is what's been going on since I was a young girl. And like, I still feel really shit. And she's like, okay, let's just double your dose. And I was like, bullshit. Like, no, like you, you're wrong. And I just kind of left, left the clinic. And I was like, something's got to change. Like people are suffering and there's like the truth needs to be revealed and I was just so angry and I had, um, I was going to university at the time and I was studying psychology and instead of um, listening to the teachers, I started my own blog called Friday Hut Road and I was just writing about like, you know, just teenage things and started a little Instagram account and started interviewing artists when I was 19 and just kind of you know, I was kind of like, where is our revolutionaries? You know, is it the artists? I had such a fire inside of me to become something that, you know, I just didn't want to be left behind in society. And I think that was really driven by my ego to start with. I just, the thought of being normal or like, you know, in that mundane world was just like so scary that I kind of, yeah, kind of took on a persona of real like strength and determination and just wanted to, kind of break out in the world and it was it was received really well and then um yeah I kind of collaborated with a few people back at home and we put on these big art shows and that was really fun and then it kind of died down and I moved to Byron when I was 19 to study creative writing but yeah it was the only thing the only way out was to really be my own boss and the three of us saw the three of us believed in we all believed in each other we've said before that you know, the only reason we've stuck at it is because, you know, I believe in Izzy and Anna and Anna believes in me and me and Izzy. And 
when you don't believe in yourself, you still believe in the two people that you've got this business with because you can see their potential. Mm-hmm. So that's always kept us going is the belief in each other if we don't have it for ourselves anyway. Mm. And I think that's been like a really, um, a really incredible revelation that we've had is we've just got each other on such a high pedestal, which also has its, you know, negative sides. But yeah, we're just always, we're always trying to show up for each other. And in doing that, we've just become better and better people just naturally because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just see that potential and then the other person like, you know, has more inclination to, to rise to that, even if they don't feel that in the moment, you know, to have that reflection in someone else like, oh, wow, okay, they see me like this, you know, so, okay, I can, I can rise, I can step up to that. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, on our travels, we went to uh, Indonesia and got overalls made and then we sent them home and then our parents shipped them out as they sold. But we sold about three pairs over eight months. So <laughs> we were just like, oh my God, what's that? Like, you know, that was like a big, you know, grand idea that kind of fell through. Um, and then, yeah, we went, we nearly started a clothing brand from Morocco. Mm-hmm. And I had a Moroccan love affair with this Moroccan witch who was just like this crazy magic man that kind of spiritually manipulated me. And then um, we had to escape Morocco (laughs) and abandon all our plans. And we'd spent like, you know, thousands of dollars on fabric and we just had to leave it all behind and get on the next plane to India because that was where we were originally going. And then we arrived in India and just spent a month in the Himalayas, just in a little cottage and just kind of regrouped. We were like, do we still want to do the business? What just happened in Morocco? And yeah, and then we ended up in Pushkar and we found a maker there who did organic cottons and they were so beautiful. And we saw like, we saw the beautiful wrap, the wrap skirts and the wrap tops done in the, in the silks in all the colors. And we thought, how can we, how can we make this, like this style accessible to more people, especially where we come from at home. It's like very basic, very simple. We were like, what would the people back at home want? And so we got our pieces made in all raw natural colors, Mm -hmm. um, in the organic cottons. And then we brought them home with us and they just sold out. Yeah. And yeah. we were kind of like, wow. And then we watched the documentary, The True Cost. Yeah. And that just destroyed us. We were just like, we're in an industry that is killing the planet. And it was like, we were like researching. We were like, what's the most sustainable fabric we can use? And that's when we started this hemp journey. And we were like, what have we found? So we messaged our maker in India. And we're like, do you have hemp? Like, can you send us a hemp sample? And we were kind of like, if we don't end up doing hemp, the business is over. Everything that we've just done is over. All this work's done. Let's just like move on with our own lives and kind of let it all go. And that was like a really intense point as well. um, You know, um, Izzy particularly is very like, she's our earth mama. She's just like, (laughs) you know, like, you know, we are like, it's sustainable or not. It's like, that's been her, she's been that moral compass for us, which has been amazing. Um, anyway, he sent us, and then a few months later, a, a sample of hemp came through and we just did our whole range in it and moved to Byron. And it's just been a roller coaster ever since. Wow. So how long ago was that when you got the first hemp samples made? So it was, it was three years ago, actually, um, to almost like a month ago. And Anna and I just recently, yeah, about a month ago now, went over to revisit. And we hadn't been to see um, our maker in India for three years because, you know, we had no idea at the time that it was actually going to work or what it would be or anything. And we were just, it was really sad. It was all these emotions were, were really stirred up. It was kind of like so joyous you know to reconnect and rediscover all the magic that kind of brought us there and that he was still there in his tiny little shop but also the sadness of the time that had been by and that we hadn't been able to visit and you know just the the contrast of the lifestyles and it just is like India and, and Nepal and I'm sure like every third world country it's such like a it's like a chaotic 
uh, emotional turmoil goes on inside of you where you, you discover so much beauty, but so much like hardship, but also, you know, it just depends on, it's like your moral compass is continually uh, readjusting itself to its own like gravity of what's right in this context, but what's right in the Western context and in the Indian context and where we find the balance together. But so yeah, it's been really, it was really amazing to go and, and visit him and, you know, it was such a gift. We discovered all these little synchronicities that we had thought at the time three years ago were still there and on his wall was this poster that he cut out from the newspaper that said, know yourself, like yourself, be yourself. And it just blew my mind to see because I'd forgotten about it. And, you know, three years later, we just discussed, we just decided that our ethos would be know thyself and, you know, we know thyself and there it was you know painted on his wall and all of these little seeds and Mr. Jane himself was just he's like a cosmic brother and it's just such a, a strange thing to to have with an Indian man only you know because of language and culture, cultural customs and all this stuff but yeah it was just like a real magic discover rediscovery of that whatever we were experiencing whatever led us to his shop and the beginning of our business at that time was really real and yeah, really predestined. And then the, um, the hemp, the hemp happened about a year and a half ago. Yeah. A year and a half ago, we decided to, yeah, change our business to fully hemp. And then the 2nd of January this year was when we changed our name to the hemp temple. Mm. And how did that name come through? Um, a friend of ours suggested it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking with some with um, two of our friends that do these amazing um, sprays, Pure Heart Alchemy. Do you know Pure oh, Heart yeah, Alchemy? I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. Really and so products. It, yeah. yeah, Isabella actually said, you know, have you ever thought of that about Hemp Temple? And so we called our shop in the industrial estate Hemp Temple. And then it was just this like, yeah, energetic decision. It was like, let's just be the Hemp Temple. And we had to kind of then really stand in everything being hemp, which was really scary because, you know, you have your best sellers that will like an organic linen or an organic cotton. And it was like, okay, let's just let go of that and just kind of, you know, you know, commit commit to this hemp this hemp movement and then yeah since then it's just been hemp's just yeah we believe that hemp chooses you (laughs) and yeah we didn't know anything about it when we first started and it was this real process of getting to know the plant and recognizing it as an ally and then you know we learned that it vibrates at the same frequency as um crystal quartz and it has the same um vibration as our skin that's why it doesn't get static and we were just like what what is this like what have we done and it and just everything else that comes with hemp being a an abundant a representation of mother nature's abundance you've got food clothing oil healing it's like we were just talking about it being, you know, its own myth and the own, like the suppression of the feminine can also be represented in the suppression of the hemp plant. And just, it's just magic, the, the coincidences and the revelations that come from just like, like just trusting and just letting it go, letting go of what you think you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, I know. I've always felt connected to hemp too. Like I, I use a, a lot of hemp, like just like eating it too. <laughs> like there's so many different uses. It just feels yeah. so nourishing, such a nourishing plant. Mm. Mm. Oh, wow. That's, I'm so happy that uh, I got to hear that story and like, <laughs> yeah. And your connection to the plant too. And mm. are there any other, um, I guess like benefits of people wearing hemp and like, yeah, for the skin and um, yeah. Anything else you feel to share about like, yeah, the benefits of, of buying and wearing hemp clothing as opposed to like other fabrics. Well, a few of our, a few of our um, 
our guy friends that have been wearing our hemp shirts have said girls talk to them when they're wearing their hemp shirts. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good benefit. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, it's like natural anti-odor and it's, you know, got that UV protection. It just generally feels amazing and hemp is like one of the strongest fibers. So if it's like woven right, you know, the pure 100% hemp fibers, they'll last you for like generations, which is really what we're aiming for in like you know, fashion and sustainability. And also that idea, Anna painted it the other day of like, Anna's got these amazing clothes from her mom that we've all just worn and obsessed over our whole lives. And we're like, we're never going to throw those away, you know, like just to create something that can be passed on because mm -hmm. it's timeless and the style of it is timeless and it's just, you know, contain and hold all those stories of, you know, my grandmother and your mother and all these things, which can only happen if you create a product that's going to last. And it's also quite like accessible. It's not going to go, you know, out of fashion. That's why we kind of make them quite simple and simple colors. And yeah, it's been really beautiful to see um, men and women wearing our hemp clothing in ceremony. You know, mm -hmm. we're getting, we get messages from people saying, Hey, like I've got this ceremony coming up, love to wear your stuff or they're sending photos and it just has this like really comfortable, natural essence to it that you feel sacred wearing hemp. There's just this real like ancient feeling that you get from it. And it's just been used across so many cultures in Egypt, in China, where hemp was what you wore. It was this, I don't know, I just, it's, it's really magic. It, it really puts um, the clothing industry or just, you know, putting on clothes in the morning, <laughs> a ritual. <laughs> it's a bit of a mystery as well, because we've had a lot of people message us, you know, after they buy something that like, I literally have not taken off this for like seven days. Or, <laughs> you know, I, like I wore this dress to my business meeting and then I slept in it and now I'm like at a party the next day. And it's like, it's a bit like bewildering, you know, like how obsessive and amazing like people like love it so intensely it must have so many things going on that like make make it so like likable or make it feel so good mm -hmm. yeah oh that's so beautiful I love that it's like unisex too and you're like yeah because there's so many amazing like sustainable brands popping up that are a lot of like women's stuff but I think it's so cool that you're making like awesome sustainable like wear for men too and like yeah I just love the way that you're like promoting it too and obviously your whole branding and the photo shoots and everything and just like yeah bringing through these like beautiful like conscious brothers into the into the story and like into the brand too and um yeah yeah so cool time I think for the men to get some love and attention I know I know what do you guys think about that because I like obviously there's this time of like like lots of like feminine um rising I guess and like coming together and there's so many more things available out there for like women to gather and which is so necessary and like so needed and but yeah, I often feel like there's just not as much available for like men who really want to step, step into that sort of energy and that space. Um, and it can often be, yeah, be a bit like, uh, I don't know. It, it can kind of cause a bit of disharmony in like relationships and like relating because women are like really like, yeah, women who are like waking up and on their path and da da, da but like then still want to have connections with guys who may not be on the same frequency or like or don't have the opportunity to like be in spaces that help them rise to that level too you know yeah totally I mean like I can't speak for um the the widest spectrum outside of my bubble of experience but we've been lucky enough recently to re really connect with a lot of conscious men and we're seeing this like subtle rise of that you know like impulse to actually you know create men's circles and create these ideas that have obviously been hovering in the collective consciousness for a while, but I'm like, maybe it's time, maybe the time is like right for all that stuff to come through because of the same thing, that rising of the feminine that's happening. It's like giving way to the rising of the feminine within men, you know, because it's quite mm -hmm. a feminine experience to have a circle and be vulnerable and share your feelings no matter what sex you are. 
So it's like by all of us recognizing the need for it, and I think it's just a lot more evident in women, you know, because they're like demanding it. <laughs> I'm noticing for men, you know, it's happening as well. There's like a softening and a, a vulnerability and a space opening up that they are kind of allowing themselves to to feel or be vulnerable or go a little bit deeper than they may have necessarily gone before. So I'm really hopeful that you know, lots of things will start sprouting because, yeah, I definitely resonate with what you feel about, you know, being a conscious woman. You're like, yeah, I really need a man to, like, level up with me and, like, open up and, you know, do the work. And it's really hard to do if there's not things around that they can use for the tools to go there. Yeah, yeah. I, I recently went to, I was invited in on a men's circle. They had been gathering for three months and then I was... The women were then invited to come in as a bit of a social experiment, and it was more of a, a setting of uh, conscious dating in a way where men and women sat next to each other. And the intention wasn't to find a date, the intention was to just relate. Um, and what I found was men wanted women to be in their natural feminine that softness, that healing, that openness the receptivity and women were asking for men to be that container that strength that um what is innately um the qualities of a man and i think with the feminist movement and with you know everything that's happening and with social media and the changes that are happening so quickly the lines have been blurred and the um the politics behind what's a man and a woman has become so distorted that if we just kind of go back to basics and allow men to be men and women to be women again from a place of just respect and um, and really honouring the differences and honouring the magic within the each with both of the sexes rather than having to be a man and be strong or men having to, you know, be feminine and be this. It's like, okay, you be in your feminine the best that you can. And what I've noticed is the men are naturally being that that masculine essence and it's going to come from both both sexes and it will come down to individuals just kind of coming into themselves and being who they are and I feel like we have incarnated into these bodies to represent this gender that we are in whichever way that is but I feel like the more we just go within the natural occurrence of um you know, I, I, there's a great poem by um, Rainer Marie Rilke and he said, women will become men. He, he was saying women will become men so they can clear out that masculine side of themselves and then they will finally step into being a woman. And I think that's really beautiful. And like, I don't want to be scared to say <laughs> women should be women and men should be men because it's what's needed. We don't know who we are anymore because, you know, it's just become so politically incorrect to say things. And it's like, okay, well, what about the people that want to be who they are? And it's, I don't know, it's controversial and it's, you know, it's a, it's a wild time to be alive. But, you know, I've had a men say to me, um, a beautiful man that I really respect has just said, by seeing you girls and what you do on your social media has made me want to step more into my masculine. And another man said, you know, he had a spiritual awakening and went into his feminine and then, you know, had a partner to reflect where he was at and her being in her feminine allowed him to step out of that feminine and back into his masculine where he was then becoming more in alignment with who he needed to be. And I feel like it's just really beautiful to experience this like ancient archetype coming back of you know the warrior and the goddess and really allowing space for that wisdom to come through mm -hmm. yeah oh I'm so happy we're talking about this because I so resonate <laughs> so much and it's like I really get I get the place of like the feminist movement and all of that and like definitely resonate with like yeah what that quote that you said too of like that that rebalancing needing to happen in a way that like women do need to like bring up that you know that anger and that like intensity and those things that have been suppressed but like only to like bring them up to clear them and then to re like then to come back into like their natural essence which is feminine if you if you feel like that is your natural essence which 
yeah most women do but yeah i i just think yeah the femi- the the kind of masculine elements of like the whole feminist movement is like kind of counterintuitive to like Mm, the aim of it or something like it's it can kind of get a like I just am not into like the man hating like you know like it's kind of I get it I get that there's trauma I get that there's like stuff that like you know needs to be spoken about and like horrible things that have happened and yeah but it's not going to like really balance and like heal unless it's like from a place of like forgiveness and understanding and like, yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's such an interesting thing. I mean, yeah, I can only obviously speak from my own like feeling and perspective too, but yeah, I really do resonate with that. Like, yeah. And it all just comes back to like inner work, like in a, in a space. And then you do naturally like express yourself um, in your most authentic way. Um, and I love being in my feminine like I just love that like that's how I love to show up so yeah I'm glad we're having this conversation Um, so for you guys in your like in your daily lives and um, in your I guess uh, practice and pursuit of just being in your um, in a harmony and balance like what are some main practices and rituals that you like to do to yeah to keep you in that harmonious state um something that um was really a really powerful thing for us we were uh we all started out we are all vedic meditators so that meditating is is like a huge key to bringing your 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 balance back into into the forefront of life and also yoga yoga meditating the ocean dancing eating really healthily i mean all the things that they say that you should do we pretty much do the best that we can (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we also find balance in you know falling off the wagon as well and you know you have your your moments where you're not always in that committed um, practiced and disciplined and that's also okay um, we also explored um, Agni Hotra which is a ceremonial puja and it's yeah it's using fire to transmute really subtle energies using cow dung and ghee and mantra to create a biosphere which clears out you know negative negative energies thought patterns just it's a good clearing to do at sunrise and sunset right on the second Mm. you you chant your mantra and that's been really amazing um we've also all become um we've we've done our certificate too in reiki healing so that was an amazing um an amazing process of getting to know our energy bodies and others energy bodies and how you know just we'll always kind of do our Reiki symbols on our food at dinner time. And it's always like that as our, like uh, our attunement kind of comes through just in our daily life, but none of us are practicing Reiki healers. We've just kind of really embodied it and allow it to come through in our life in ways that we feel necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, I have experienced um, the 12 steps program of recovery which has been really powerful for me um so that's been yeah really interesting to kind of go on that journey Mm. and it involves yeah just kind of I don't know if you know much about Russell Brand but he's just released his own form of the 12 steps of recovery yeah what does it involve so you have like you have the 12 steps and it's an anonymous program and you go to meetings and you pretty much get to sit in circle where there's no crosstalk. So no one's going to judge you. No one's going to do anything. And you get to just speak your shadow. You get to share your shit and no one's going to judge you. Everyone, you know, sees it for what it is, knows that it's just old stuff. 
And what I realized is that I had, I had spiritually bypassed all my crap. You know, you know why you behave, you do. And so you kind of like, okay, well, I'm feeling this because of that. But the 12-step program has allowed me to really get into my body, feel my feelings, and there's been a space to, to move that energy out in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you can just go through the 12 steps and the first step is what's the first step? Uh, admitting we were powerless over others. Yeah, so it's called, it's called CODA. It's Codependence Anonymous. So it's not based on alcohol or drugs. It's based on codependency which I've found being an empath, you, you come across people, I've come across people in my life and you can feel them so intensely and, you know, to stop feeling them, you can make them feel better because if they feel better, you stop feeling their stuff and so you've just given away your power instead of just kind of maintaining your own self in that moment. Mm. So it's been a real retrieval of my personal power and connection with my higher self which I've always explored through my guides or through, um, you know, different elements and different structures of Reiki and, you know, using new tarot cards. But this was a really like practical, practical, real, I don't know, it's, it's pretty magic if you have ever done the, the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is it done online or you said in person too? There's some... In person, yeah. So you get a sponsor or a co-sponsor and you go through the 12 steps together. Um, And, yeah, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's pretty, it's kind of like, it's unexplainable what happens. Your life just changes dramatically when you have space to share stuff that, you know, you just go in there and be like, you know, I hate my business partners. I want to quit my business and you just say the things that you don't really mean, but you get to say it and it moves. It diffuses the fear. It diffuses the anger. It's just this diffuser of your shadow. It's just a place to what, do your shadow work really. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Sounds epic. So <laughs> how could people get, if they feel inspired to like um, look into that, how would they, how would they connect to that process? Um, if you go online and you just search CODA, C-O-D-A, mm-hmm. um, CODA Anonymous, or if you feel that you're struggling with alcohol or drug abuse, there's AA, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, or uh, Narcotics Anonymous. And the support there is just phenomenal. And you have a community of people all experiencing the same things in life and just like real steps to kind of move through and it's like a huge psychic clear out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad you shared about that. I'm sure like many people could really benefit. In that yeah. mm. Cool. Any other ways that like you, you guys like to stay in I guess yeah maybe like as as business partners like what are some things that you guys um like continuously do to like you know stay in a harmonious state with each other as you kind of navigate the business too yeah Yeah. totally it's an interesting journey um living together and working together ritual wise we kind of tend to to work our business around the moon cycles so I mean, there's the moon cycles that always make you feel different. So, like, we start things on the new moon. We kind of, like, check in on them on the full moon, like, working with the seasons and stuff like that. And then on a personal level, you know, we work within our own personal cycles and where we're at, you know, in our ovulation or if we're bleeding and stuff. And we just started to implement, like, our own little moon lodges in our house. So, if you're bleeding, you get just time off. You're not, you're not there because... It's just going against what your body's trying to do and your head just gets jumbled and it's just not what you're meant to be doing. So constant rebalancing of like where we're at in our energetic and physical and emotional bodies and when something's off and it needs to be done, you know, when you can't just be like, oh, I'm having a day off, you know, if you got like a meeting or whatever. We generally come together an hour before and just, you know, the same kind of application. Like we sit down and we'd be like, as if there was like a talking stick or something, we just go around and, and have a share and say what we're feeling and just get it out that way. And then we can kind of go around again and like, you know, talk, talk on about anything that may have hit us. And 
yeah, just clear the emotional, the clutter that kind of tends to come up just as a human being. And once that's cleared, because I feel like if you don't clear it, it gets um, projected unnecessarily onto like the work part of life. And so if you're not continually checking in emotionally, like it just ends up blurring and kind of like rumbling things up and make it all messy and once we've learned to, you know, clear our emotions, say what you need to say and say it in a way that no one's going to even just comment on it sometimes, you know, just like share it and they, yeah, everyone just says, thank you. Like, that's it. It just is this, it's a constant clearing. And I feel like that's really important in this day and age when we're just bombarded with so much information, so much is going on. It's like really, really need to be like clearing our homes, constantly cleaning our homes, constantly saging, constantly clearing our minds. Like, everything that you can do to create space is a healthy thing to do in like all areas of life. Mm. Oh, I love that and, so much. Yeah. And just like, so like listening with detachment and it's been such a process of not feeling responsible for each other's feelings. Like if, you know, Anna and Izzy are down, it's not my fault. And if I'm feeling the way I am, it's not their fault. And it's been this real process of holding space for each other to just be who they are in that moment. And, you know, always, you know, coming to these big milestones in the business where we kind of come together and we're like, are we committed again? Like, let's recommit. Are we recommitted to this relationship with the business. Like we have a child, we have like a three-year-old child that needs our help. Are we committed to it again this year? And there's this constant renewal of commitment to ourselves, to the business, and then to each other as friends. And that all always comes with this like transmutation of just old energies and old fears leaving the field. Mm. And always giving space um, to the exploration of ideas, you know, like, okay, what if we did end the business now? Like, what if us, one of us did leave? What if this wasn't, the right thing for us when the moment changes and always like allowing that to be a possibility just creates this air of freedom and that that opportunity to recommit it's not like um you're not enclosed in you're not forced and when you continually feel like you're in like you're in that empowerment position you're like I could leave and I can stay like and I would be understood and respected for that because it, if it, if that decision was made it would be coming from a place of authenticity and listening to our hearts. And there's been heaps of moments along the journey, you know, when big stuff like that's happened and this, um, you know, emotional turmoil that is to do with the business, but it's also to do with all of those other questions that come up in life. Like, you know, like, what's my purpose? What's this? What's that? And it's a constant like detaching and letting someone go to that extremity and letting that be a possibility for them and letting that be a reality for them if that need be. And then, you know, giving space for them to come back and be like, actually, you know, I've recommitted, you know, exactly what Britt just said. But yeah, it's an interesting way to deal with life because immediately, you're, you know, this fear turns on and you're like, well, what? Like, you can't do that or like whatever. It's like this emotional and bodily response of like your safety being taken away. And once you, you see that and you work with that and you kind of detach, it's like this really empowering um air about things comes and you kind of you, you each show up in a new way every day because you're like okay well here we are like let's do it mm -hmm. yeah that all of that feels so relevant to just like general relationships too um yeah between like between people yeah just having that like opportunity to like recommit and to like yeah speak everything out like each day and not yeah leaving that air of um possibility for yeah new truths to arise i think that's yeah that's so epic and i feel like i continue to connect with people who are really navigating business in that new way in that like conscious way and it is a bit more of that feminine energy brought through with it um, yeah it's so cool to see it is. It's a really exciting time. Um, we're just like on a constant high at the moment because we're connecting with so many incredible people who are just feeling the same energy and, you know, this momentum has kind of picked up and I see it in so many conscious businesses around and it's, it's like this competition has kind of just flipped away and just this like co-creation and like expanding team of families of conscious businesses is rising. 
So if I were to ask like where you see like the direction of the hemp temple going, like say in three years, like another three years, like what's your, what are some of the visions that you guys have for, yeah, like where you want to take it and what you want to be doing and how you want to be expanding? Yeah, it's interesting because now, right now is like the first time we've really been like, right, let's do like a three-year plan, you know, let's get organized. And, you know, our whole past has just been like a flow of synchronicity and just in the moment and trust. And now we're like kind of tapping into that masculine actually in our business and be like, let's make a plan, let's organize, let's, you know, like see what this thing can do. And, you know, there's, there's lots of different elements that we kind of have in our, in our vision and product wise, like we want to just refine, we want to make like the best product we can possibly make. And so that has its own process of, you know, time and sourcing and traveling and finding the right thing, the right place, the right people, feeling you connect with it. Finding, ideally we want to find, you know, like 100% hemp, natural dyes, but like we're still in this process of discovery of, you know, how best to keep for them and um, all of these things. So we're kind of in this long process of transition and expansion of um, our base fabric and our base product and how, how we can continually, you know, create the ultimate, we call it like the ultimate basic range. We want to create pieces that aren't going to go out. It's not, we don't want to do things by season and this kind of thing. We just want to create pieces that they're going to last. They're going to be loved always. Um, so that's kind of what's happening on that physical um, business front. And then we've got a whole nother dream board that's kind of opened up, that's been seeding, you know, since day dot, that's kind of coming to fruition now. It's like the time is right where we want to implement all of these other avenues that we've learned um, I've spent the past year doing this course with Jane Harbert Collins called the Shamanic Woman's Craft School of Shamanic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard like I've had a few other sisters who have done that and loved it. Yeah, it's just this epic journey of rediscovery of women and sisterhood and you know all of these things. It's it's just a way of tapping into yourself in a really super empowering way. And I've learned so many things through it that I'm just like so on fire. It's ironic that we were talking about, you know, the, um, the feminism and the negative shadow side of it, because right now in my life, I've never felt like so feminist, if you could use that word, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also like equally balanced, you know, with that passion for the men side of it. But I just really re- rediscovered this, this huge need, I guess, that it's still really needed. Um, in the past, I've been like, oh, yeah, but, you know, women are, are good now. And I've just... <laughs> rediscovered in my course you know with like 50 women who I like heard their life stories and delved into all the wounds all of the similar things that we carry and yeah it's just opened up a new portal of passion for me and so that's kind of triggered um, us wanting to hold workshops and circles and things like that and infuse them with all these um, techniques and tools and journeys to essentially like know thyself we're going to be calling them know thyself workshops and which we can incorporate drum journeys and sound healings and um, yoga and meditation and pranayama and traveling and rewilding and um, and the men coming yeah the men, have, the men we've got some men on board with this vision to balance out our business we've yeah just connected with a few brothers from back at home in Sydney and up here and since doing that the our, our business as a, as a living entity has needed its own masculine uh, energy. And it has really, we've seen the, the aliveness and the success from us just energetically seeking that and beginning to workshop, um, you know, into next year and the following years of having that masculine representation in our business mm. and having the men as, a face and a voice in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I remember seeing, um, what's his name? Cade. Yes. Article recently. And like, I hear that that was really well received too. Just like giving men like more of a voice through your platform too, in their articles and their sharings. I think that was so powerful. 
Yeah, it's been insanely powerful. It's blowing my mind. You know, every time I log back on and see the stats, it's just grown another, you know, 500. It's up to like something like 10,000 reads, you know. And it's just such a, an evidence that having a man step up and speak his truth is, you know, what's really needed and what's going to be received at this time. Like it's time for the men to really you know get out there and show up and speak their truths and whatever way that may be mm-hmm. mm. yeah I see that vision so strongly yeah you guys are like creating a whole movement a whole platform in many different ways yeah I love that idea about know thyself workshops so cool Thank I'd you. love to, I'd love to join some <laughs> mm. Oh, well, I'm so grateful that you guys said yes to uh, having this conversation. And is there anything else that you um, feel inspired to speak about? I think just generally that um, it's a really exciting time to be alive. And (laughs) the more that we can all focus on the shifts and the good things that are happening, no matter, you know, no matter what's happening to clear the way for that, the more we can like, initiate and ignite this momentum that I feel like everyone is either needing or feeling or it's happening it's it's really like such an incredible time to be alive Mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally (laughs) so how can people um connect to the hemp temple and everything you guys are doing and creating um best way to connect with us is probably through instagram um, which is just at the hemp temple mm-hmm. and yeah if you just follow follow our journey through there or we've got our website which is hemptemple.org and yeah there's some things brewing in the mix so just keep an eye out for what's what's coming and what workshops we'll be holding and um yeah I think that's oh we're gonna do we're doing markets we're gonna be doing the markets in Byron in December Oh, so that, that will be, yeah, be good to get in the physical and have people can actually come and try stuff on. So that's cool. Yeah. I think you guys are just so like nailing the, the online representation of your vision too. And yeah, I can see why it's like growing so rapidly. Like you guys just get it, you know, and you know how to like articulate the vision. Like I think that's a kind of some brands like have really clear um ethics and morals and like vision and everything but how to like really work it and like really um how am I I don't know how I'm trying to say it but like you know promote it in the way that's like going to be received by the the right people and like really creating that whole experience for people um yeah yeah I love what you guys are doing obviously (laughs) (laughs) thank you Chloe